You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I am your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. And every week, myself and my co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, come to you and bring you the information that you need to hear about regarding health care and other things. And we try to inform you about what's going on in healthcare so that you will be prepared and armed to fight for your healthcare freedom and for that of your family and uh, be able to advocate for yourselves. We um, talk about the uh, doctor-patient relationship and we talk about uh, freedom in healthcare and the show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the U.S. Um, we are still going strong, <clears throat> um, and now more than ever do you need us and what we bring to you. So please go to our website at www.d, the number 4 PC Foundation, that's d4pcfoundation.org, and contribute something. I have talked to people um, over the past couple of months and to my great shock amazement surprise and and uh honor they tell me they listen to the show and they are they are uh fans and uh so i'm sure that there are others of you who are as well and if you like what you're listening to and want us to continue please help us out and go to our website and contribute something it could be ten dollars or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars but this is what we need to help to get the um this uh, keep this fight going on so that we uh don't give up and there's a lot a lot to fight for and i'm going to talk about some things today that uh you know, we uh, need to talk about. And I was um, just uh, in my car on the way in, I was listening to Breitbart Radio, and, and I was chuckling because when I was in doing my last show two weeks ago, what were we talking about throughout the show? We were talking about transgender. I devoted the entire show to transgender. What are they talking about today on uh on uh, Alex Marlowe's Breitbart show this morning, transgender, and the whole morning is devoted to that. So either they're listening to us and picking up cues, or we're just uh, ahead of our time. But but we talk about the things that you are needing to uh, know about. We are timely and uh, trying to, to do the best that we can to uh, inform you. And there's a lot to talk about today. I'm going to talk about COVID and COVID fatigue, the left, the future of medicine and healthcare, and the intersection of politics into all of this. And um, and as I said, there's a lot to talk about. And I've been watching what's been going on. And it, you know, when I say what's going on, I'm talking about COVID right now. And we're tired. Everybody's tired of this, and um, and every night, every day on cable news, we're just hearing a barrage of all the bad things that are going on, and what we should be doing, and how we can't get back to life. You know, the schools are closed, and we have to, and masks, and vaccine problems, and yada yada yada. It just goes on and on and on. 
people are tired of this. And not only are they tired of it, but I think people are starting now to realize that what they're listening to on the left is just a bunch of lies. And they're just, they're, it's, it's not real. It's not reality. And as I like to say, the bloom is off the rose of the Democrats because Americans are waking up and they're losing patience and they're losing confidence with the left and their COVID policies. Um, they're losing confidence in government and they've lost confidence in the media. The media is probably a tick above or below, depending on what survey you want to look at, with used car salesmen. They are absolutely discredited because what they are saying is a whole bunch of nonsense. This morning, while I was having my coffee, I was just listening to um, NBC. I like to listen to what's going on in um in in all media outlets so that I really have a better I- idea and an understanding about what people are talking about because it gives me insight into what the other side is thinking what they're believing because they believe this stuff they they eat it up because it's their only source of information and so they spew it back whatever they hear on these shows they spew back and so what are they talking about today they're talking about the new vaccine the the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and they're citing statistics from a couple of papers that have not been peer reviewed that have not yet been published that basically is just a bunch of garbage and they do this because they have they have to talk about something and they have nothing to talk about nothing good to talk about they don't want to share good news they only want to share bad news and they and they now know that they've got to share some good news because if they didn't then their credibility would be completely shot but there is good news there's a lot of good news going on right now the vaccine regime is good news but if they try to put too much weight on that, then all of the bad things that they want you to focus on will no longer be quite as important. And so they're incentivized to continue this charade, this this um, ruse to, to make everybody believe that we are um, on the edge of extinction. They... Um, the media is constantly saying things that are not true. They're talking about COVID rates or vaccination problems. And we're watching the politicians um, echo this. And then the media echoes what the politicians are saying. And it's a, it's a circular uh, game. And we're watching politicians violate the public trust. They're making bad decisions. And they are doing it because they know now that they can get away with it, they can grab power, and they can retain it. We've seen what Americans are willing to allow the politicians to do. They're willing to allow politicians to take away virtually all of their freedoms, 
willingly. They're giving it up. And the politicians see that. And their accomplices in the media are helping to further their goals. And so now they're looking at what's been happening over the last year and saying, holy cow, look what we can get away with. Look what we can do. And this is fueling their appetite, wetting their appetite to not let go of this, but to continue this this um, absolute American horror story that we're watching play out. So the left has mobilized its propagandists to misinform America. Who are the propagandists? The media, their talking heads, especially Dr. Anthony Fauci, who... If you stick your finger up in the wind and see which way the wind is blowing, that's what uh, Dr. Fauci will start talking about. After one year of COVID, not only is there COVID fatigue, but now there is a credibility problem. People's patience is quickly eroding. And the house of cards that the left has built is starting to crumble. So let's start this conversation today with vaccinations. Vaccinations are going well. Could they be going better? Of course they could be going better. Anything can be better. Is it the fault of the federal government? Well, no, but it depends on if you're honest or if you're a leftist. And I don't say dishonest, I say the word leftist because leftist by definition is dishonest because they will do anything, lie, steal, cheat to get to their agenda, get their agenda done, get to their ends. When President Trump was in office, if you'll remember back in 2020, The left constantly said there was never going to be a vaccine in 2020. If we were lucky, we might start to see a vaccine in 2021 and probably not until 2022. And Trump said, no, that's that's ridiculous. That's a lie. And the media, they continued that lie. And in social media, anybody who refuted what the mainstream media position was was getting doxxed. They were getting canceled because they were saying things that the left didn't want you to hear. But of course there was a vaccine program, Operation Warp Speed, which could never, ever have been done under a Biden administration. It required a President Trump to light a fire under the rear ends of all of the the uh, pharmaceutical companies and all of the stakeholders to get their act in gear and get a vaccination out in a World War II type of effort. And so, yes, we had a vaccination. A vac- we had vaccines in 2020. And yes, President Biden got vaccinated in 2020, but his cognitive ability 
is so lacking that just recently he said that there was no vaccination in 2020 and it wasn't until his presidency. You know, this this guy, I just need to digress. He, If you've ever seen the movie Weekend at Bernie's, where they took Bernie, who was a dead man, he had died, but he was very influential and he was known all over the town. These two kids took Bernie and put him in the car and took him everywhere that they wanted to go and and uh, got treated like royalty. Well, Biden is Bernie. And uh, the Democrats are, are propping him up and they're putting him out there and they're, you know, making his mouth move. Um, he's a really good teleprompter reader. You can watch his eyes going across as he's reading. He almost looks like he's catatonic when he's when he's giving talks because he's not saying what is in his mind. He's reading what's off of the teleprompter. And what really is happening is we are he's going to sleep at seven o'clock, and the people are who are around him, all of his leftists, which are all Barack Obama. People and I'm sure that this is the third, pre, the third term of of Barack Obama. I am absolutely certain of it, and we're seeing the Barack Obama agenda play out in this third term. This is this is what is happening with with the left. But getting back to the vaccinations, um, the uh, the thing that uh, has been happening is that. Biden said that there were not going to be vaccinations until he became president. Of course, we know that this is a break from reality. But in the meantime, the the vaccine uh, program, the vaccine um, rollout is not the fault of the federal government. And I don't really fault Biden for the fact that it's not going well in some states and it's going better in other states because it's a state issue. It, it was never the role of the federal government to make sure that a vaccine got in the arm of every individual. It was the role of the federal government to make sure that there were vaccines that they could distribute to the states, and then it's up to the states to make sure that the vaccination program ran smoothly. Now, if it's not, you need to be concerned about the leadership in those states. If California and New York and New Jersey are not going well, it's because their leadership stinks. In Florida, it's going really well. Now, it could be better. If there was more vaccine available, it would be even better than it is. But it's not because there's a problem getting it into people's arms. It's a, it's a matter of there not being enough. And that is the pharmaceutical industry issue, not the federal government. So if you want to be an honest broker... This was a miracle that Trump was able to twist arms and get this to the finish line. It was not his fault that everybody doesn't have a vaccine in February 2021 because, according to the left, there wasn't even supposed to be a vaccination at this point. But but they're complaining that they're not getting it. So you can't have it both ways, but that's the left. They think that they can have it both ways. They can blame their adversaries for things that are going uh, wrong and take credit for things that are going right. 
right now, there there are a lot of things that are going right, but they don't want to take credit for it. And I'll get to that in a minute why. But in other parts of the world, the vaccination programs are going great. Take Israel. In Israel, 50% of the country has been vaccinated. Hospitalizations across the country has dropped by over 90%. And in the vaccinated population, hospitals and deaths are almost non-existent now. Hospitalizations and deaths are almost non-existent. Um, Great Britain, just two days ago, reported a dramatic decline in their COVID cases since the initiation of their vaccination program. Vaccinations work. And the irony is that we're seeing the same thing here in the U.S. COVID-19 cases are declining. They're declining. Hospitalizations are too. And so are the rates of death. And it's consistent with the vaccination regime. And it appears to be that the difference that we're seeing in various states is a function of the efficacy and efficiency that those states are having getting vaccinations to people. And what's also interesting is that the states that did not lock down are doing better right now than the states that did lock down. But the media is not celebrating the progress that we're making. And what are they doing instead? They're focusing on the half of a million people, the 500,000 American deaths. You know, They're not talking about the rates coming down. You know, every night on CNN we saw during the Trump presidency, how many people were dying. We saw the little counter on the side of their, of their quote, news programs. We don't see that anymore because Biden is president, and that would look bad. But this good news that we're seeing around the world with rates coming down, probably because of the vaccination regime, are not being celebrated. Instead, we're memorializing the half a million Americans who died. And the White House is putting on a memorial event for these people. Now, please, I am a physician. I'm a healer. And any death is one too many deaths. I, I spend my life trying to preserve life and limb. And it is a horrible thing. And I have friends who have lost loved ones, thank God, I have not in my immediate family, but I have friends who have, and it's horrible. But is the White House putting on a memorial event for the millions of people who die of cancer every year? Is the White House putting on a memorial event for all the people who have uh, died in traffic accidents or all of the veterans who have died defending our country? No, they're putting on this to keep this in the focus of Americans because they want you to understand what a catastrophe this is and how bad this all is for our country. It's a distraction. Don't pay attention to what's in my right hand. Look at what's in my left hand instead. It's misdirection. The left, the media, the politicians, 
those who are their allies. They want to keep everyone in a state of depression. They only want to report bad news. Don't give anyone any hope is how they go through their day every day. So in this way, they don't have to answer to critics about what they're doing with their policies because we still have a giant problem in our hands. So don't question what we're asking you to do because we've got such a huge problem, a catastrophic issue that is hanging over our head and can destroy our country if we don't work together and do what we say is necessary to get us through this this issue. So they don't have to answer the question why we continue to allow the governors or mayors to keep businesses closed, like restaurants, but they allow people to congregate in other places, including eating in in places like Costco. You can eat in the food court in Costco, but you can't go to a restaurant. How how insane is that? What does that even say? They don't have to answer that question because they say that this is important for public safety. They don't have to answer the question, why aren't all schools open? Because, oh my God, the teachers, the teachers. We have to protect the teachers and the children. But the tide might be turning because people are beginning to see through the lies. And this is where the bloom is coming off the rose. The tide is turning. Governor Cuomo is facing charges. People are now starting to come at him, even people in his own party. Just last night, there were reports that came out about about sexual misconduct, sexual harassment from the governor who said, you've got to believe the woman, who said that that his administration was going to be the most progressive administration against sexual harassment and 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 uh, discrimination. So what's happening right now in New York, they're trying to strip him of his emergency powers. People are seeing through the lies in California. They're trying to recall the governor there because they realize what a hypocrite this guy is when he's saying that people need to stay home and he can go eat in a three-star Michelin restaurant in a small room with a small group of friends. The tide's turning in Michigan, where the legislature tried to strip away emergency powers from Governor Gretchen Whitmer. But unfortunately, she let the bill sit on her desk until the end of the session and then vetoed it the last day, not giving the legislature the ability to override the veto. But the tide is turning. People are seeing through the lies. We were told that we needed to bend the curve. We bent the curve. We were told we needed to wear masks. We're wearing masks. We needed to stay home. We stayed home. Couldn't go to school. We didn't send our kids to school. But wait, everything will be well when we get the vaccine. The goalposts kept moving. 
but when we get vaccines, everything will be okay, and life will go back to normal. But that's not what they're saying now. They're saying that we can't go back to normal, even with vaccines. We have to wear two masks. The great Fauci is saying wear two masks. Three might even be better because there are new strains that we have to worry about. Two new strains identified in New York City last night. So we need to be worried. We need to continue to be vigilant. We can't let our guard down. This may continue to go on for the rest of 2021, maybe 2022, maybe forever. Schools can't open until all teachers and students get vaccinated and the schools are retrofitted with HEPA filters. And of course, none of this is happening. These are, these are all, this is all misdirection. And we're being told this by the politicians on the left and by the media. Tony, Anthony Fauci is saying it's not okay to see your elderly parents, even if they've been vaccinated and you've been vaccinated. Oh, no, no. Still may not be safe. So we need to still continue to keep our guard up. So why are we still listening to this guy? And I want to know who anointed him as the sole authority on COVID. I feel like I'm an authority on what I do. And I get patients who come in my office every single day and question me. And they go for second opinions because they don't like what I'm saying. And yet we've got this one guy that the entire left media has put up on a pedestal like he's the god and the sole expert on covid this is insane and he's not even a real doctor (laughs) yes he's an md okay he's an md but he doesn't take care of patients He's a rat doctor. He's a medical literature doctor. He doesn't even remember where the earpieces on his stethoscope go. He's a medical bureaucrat. Just just like Ezekiel Emanuel, who who is was part of Obamacare construction and a, a, a radical left doctor who believes that if you're over 75, you probably shouldn't receive the same health care as a 25-year-old illegal alien who has a, a longer time horizon to be productive in society. Fauci knows nothing about mental health. He knows nothing about the impact of his words on people's lives. And yet, we put all credibility and all, all um, decisions based on what comes out of his mouth. All of this bad news is the rationale for the power grab by the left. The only way that they can continue to maintain their grip on what is happening and, and what... So let me, let me just digress. The left had a pandemic. They had the COVID pandemic. And they used it as a an excuse to change around voting regulations. And and so I'm not saying that that 
the I'm not going to say that the election was stolen, but what I will say is that there's a lot of funny business that have went on because of COVID, allowing anybody to vote, allowing people to get uh, ballots in their mail. I received three, and I didn't request any. So COVID gave the left an opportunity to to grab power, and they saw that people were compliant and would allow it to happen. And now the only way they continue they can continue to retain power is to convince the public that there we're still in the grips of a absolute catastrophic event that could ruin our country. We've got a lot more to talk about regarding COVID and and this in the next segment, so please stay with us. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back in the doctor's lounge. We're talking about COVID, the the uh, COVID fatigue that Americans are are facing, and we are talking about how the left is continuing to perpetrate this. I don't want to say it's a lie because it's not, but what I think that there's light at the end of the tunnel. We've we're turning a corner. There's good news to report, and the left and their um, and their public relations arm, the mainstream media, um, are uh, determined to convince Americans that we are still in right in the middle of the throes of 
a uh, catastrophic event that could destroy us unless we all pull together and we continue to do what they say we need to do, even if it means mortgaging our future, even if it means sacrificing our children, even if it means giving up our liberties. This is what the left stands for. This is what they want. It's total control. It is absolute power, and they want to see their adversaries completely eliminated so that they will retain power for the foreseeable future. What we are, this power struggle, this power grab, is um, the next step in this after convincing the public that we are nowhere near turning the corner is the COVID relief bill, the $1.9 trillion relief bill being pushed by Biden and the left. And you have to, again, I've said this earlier, I've said this in the past, this is the left pushing this. I don't think Joe Biden, without his little card that he keeps in his pocket, could give you more than two things that are listed in this bill. But this is a $1.9 trillion bill. You can take $100 bills and stack them on each other and fill up a house with $1.9 trillion. This is more money than people can even conceive of. And the left wants to pass a bill that is basically a an attempt to reward and enrich their allies and help keep them in power for the foreseeable future. Out of the $1.9 trillion relief bill, there's definitely money in here that is uh, going to help people who need it. Um, I'm going to go through a bunch of statistics real quick. $75 billion for vaccine treatments, Vaccines, treatments, testing, and medical supplies. $19 billion for public health, both st- uh, state and community health departments and health centers. $6 billion for Indian health, $4 billion for mental health. $7.2 billion for continued help with the um, PPP program. Nineteen, I'm sorry, $15 billion for economic injury disaster loans, $26 billion to restaurants, bars, and live venues and $15 billion to airline payroll support. So the recipients of this money need to prove economic harm from the pandemic and from the lockdowns. And in some cases, they they need to repay these loans. No problem here. What we're really talking about in, in this segment of the bill is probably about $200 billion. Um, so... This is where the real COVID bill ends. The rest of this is giveaways. Now, you know, putting money in people's pocket, $413 billion goes out in the form of the $1,400 to every man, woman, and dependent um, in the country. It's phased out at about $75,000 of individual income, but you could make sixty thousand dollars and get this money um you know you uh 
you it's it's uh you might not have any need for the money but it, it's coming to you it's a it's it's and it's and you don't have to show economic need and you don't have to pay it back it's a, it's a giveaway um there's 246 billion in federal enhanced employment benefits what this means is that this is the additional $400 per week that the federal government is using to supplement unemployment benefits to people. So what that means is that they're going to be making more money staying unemployed than they will in their job. And so this is going to actually increase unemployment and decrease the labor force. It's not going to help the economy. It's going to hurt the economy. And the remaining $1 trillion is a combination of bailouts for democratic constituencies, expansion of programs that are the progressive, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, wish list. It's pork, and it's non-COVID and unrelated policy changes. Um, where's this money going? Three hundred fifty billion are going to state and local governments and cities and counties to bail them out. These are these are um, cities and states. That had to shut down and 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 uh, show that there's economic uh, hardship in in these uh, places. Um, the uh, there's no strings attached. It's basically states that didn't shut down that kept their economy going, transferring money to states that did shut down. And you know this is this is absolutely egregious. This should never happen. Eighty-six billion of dollars more are going to rescue pension plans, mostly unions who ran their pensions poorly, and this is going to uh, um, solidify them. They're going to they're going to uh, uh, make them whole again. And again, this is taxpayer money um, fixing uh, bad um, making uh, uh, making. Uh, Entities that made bad fiscal decisions whole again. Um, $129 billion goes to elementary and secondary schools, even as they're closed. And $40 billion to colleges and universities, which we know that when they get more money, it doesn't defray tuition for these people. It actually, the tuition still continues to go up. And this is already added to the $113 billion that has been already allocated on the first COVID bill, and most of it hasn't been spent. And this money is likely going to be spent, almost all of it, between 2022 and 2028, well after the pandemic is over, hopefully. $35 billion is going to be used for Obamacare. They're going to try to prop it up again. Um, they're going to uh, uh, use it for people to um, offset the premiums they have to pay. Um, it's going to um, make it easier for people who exceed the 400% of the poverty level, which right now is at about $95,000. Um, they're going to allow people who make more than that to be on Obamacare in an attempt to push people out of their employee employer-based insurance into the federal system. This is the Trojan horse. This is the attempt 
to start moving people into a government-run health care system. It's going to lower the amount. Um, this bill lowers the amount that people need to contribute out of their own pocket toward their health care from 10% to 8.5%, again, making it easier for people to be more dependent on the government dole. $15 billion of this is being used to expand Medicaid to their states that did not want to expand their Medicaid program because they did not want to be responsible for the money that would be needed to pay for that. Well, this $15 billion will push some states to throw their hands up and say, okay, we give up. We're going to go ahead and expand Medicaid. And this is going to be, again, in perpetuity. $39 billion to child care, $30 billion to public transit, $19 billion to rental assistance, $10 billion for mortgage help, $3.5 billion for food stamps, $1 billion to Head Start, $1.5 billion to Amtrak, $50 billion to FEMA, $1 billion for World Food Assistance. This is in addition to what's also in there, which is the $15 per hour minimum wage, which is going to actually cost the nation about 1.5 million jobs because businesses can't afford to keep on people at $15 an hour. And then there's all the pork involved, the pet projects for all of the senators and congressmen in their constituencies for millions and millions of dollars to do nothing that has to do with COVID relief. So this is the next phase. The, the pandemic is not over. In fact, we may be seeing a new phase in the pandemic, people. So wear your triple masks, and it doesn't matter if you've got vaccinations, get them. But it doesn't matter. They know that, that they're not going to say don't get them because that would be that would be medical. It would be political. It would be humanitarian malpractice to say otherwise. But they can convince you that despite your vaccination that we are still in dire straits and you've got to do what we say and you've got to let us do what we're doing we're doing the work for you people and this is part of it this is this covid relief package is what people are are asking for well they're not asking for all of the garbage that's in here and if people knew what was actually in this bill I would say that very few people would would support what the left is trying to do. What else are we not hearing because of manipulation of information by the media? How about treating patients with COVID? You know, we're talking about the vaccination, which is absolutely critical to prevent people from getting COVID. But what about when you get, if you have COVID, what do you do about it? You never hear anybody talking about how do you treat it. There's no disease. God, there's nothing in medicine that doesn't have some kind of recommendations about what to do if you get it. Every night on TV, 
we are hearing all of this alphabet soup about new diseases, you know, ED, um, you know, MF, LSPD, you know, you hear these, this cra- every, every problem has a, has a letter attached to it and we're hearing about drugs for them and we're hearing about ways to prevent it and, and, uh, programs to detect it or programs to manage it. You're not hearing it with COVID. It's the only problem that is in American society where the treatment of it is completely disregarded. It's completely ignored. Why is that? Why are we not hearing anything about this? Why is it that any doctor who wants to talk about this is canceled by social media or worse. They could be fired by a university or by their hospital because they dared to go against the left orthodoxy and to actually suggest that maybe there's something we can do to treat people who have these problems. How insane is this? If th- this is this has never happened in our country, never in the history of a disease or medicine where you can't talk about how to treat it. Peter McCullough is an internist and an epidemiologist at Baylor, and he's been leading the charge for at-home treatment of COVID-19. He has testified in Congress about his experience doing so, and he makes the case that there are effective treatments for patients with COVID. There's not one drug that's useful because it's virtually impossible to treat a virus with a drug, but there can be a strategy, a protocol for treating people who are infected so that the 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 um, the devastating effects of the disease are mitigated. He makes the case that there are generic off-label drugs that can be used in a sequential manner in a multi-drug approach that consists with using intracellular anti-infectives as a first line, then steroids, then blood thinners, and on top of this, use as the base a constant program of nutraceuticals and this will help protect against tissue injury. So drugs like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, they work. You know, you can't say that it works because this goes against the left narrative that we've got a devastating disease. Imagine if people got sick and you had a way to keep them out of the hospital and keep them from dying. How how incredible would that be? We wouldn't have to shut down restaurants. We wouldn't have to stop having sporting events or concerts or shutting down our way of life. Imagine if we were able to do that. But if we did that, then there wouldn't be a crisis. And if there wasn't a crisis, then the left couldn't tell us what they want to do to help protect us. So it's absolutely out of their interest to allow doctors to talk about these things. And, and they, they need to 
be labeled as quacks. They need to be labeled as heretics, as um, they are. They're not real doctors. They are. They are dangerous. When it's just the opposite, it's the left and their and the minions who are the danger. Doctor McCullough has been using this cocktail of treatments for some time, and he and his colleagues who around the country are doing the same thing have successfully managed people with COVID-19. And hospital rates have diminished by 85%. Imagine that. It means that 85% of the hospitalizations in this country could have been avoided with early treatment. Why else aren't we talking about it? Well, it's because the large pharmaceutical companies who are part of the Operation Warp Speed group have absolutely no interest in allowing people to know that you can get cheap over-the-counter drugs like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or use zinc or vitamin D to help mitigate the effects of COVID or help to prevent it. They would, um, in fact, be viewed as competitive to the vaccine manufacturers. But if we had done this, hospitals would not have been stretched so thin. PPP, I'm sorry, PPE, um, personal protective equipment, would not have been a concern. And uh, instead, there's been an alignment of stakeholders against early treatment. So it's the left. It's these people who are the ones who are anti-science, not the doctors who are looking to help people who have COVID and who would like to know that there's a way to treat it rather than cross your fingers and pray that you don't wind up in the hospital on a ventilator. In, in, you know, this is, this is just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. And um, again, I have to say that COVID opened the door to the left to change voting rules and allowed them the ability to influence an election, and they can't afford to allow this problem to disappear. Not now, not yet, not when they've got their puppet in the White House who will sign anything that the left puts in front of him, and they can get their agenda passed, the agenda that that Obama could not get passed when he was president, they can do now. They've got to keep the, the dream alive. Next, the left is going to turn their attention directly to health care. It's going to zoom in on it like, like a torpedo. And they're going to use COVID and they're going to use Trump derangement syndrome to begin to take over health care. First, they're going to dismantle all of the health care reforms instituted by President Trump. And this is what Biden has pledged to do, right? He's over. He's overturning the Trump uh, agenda, item by item, with 
his executive orders, over 50 of which he signed in the first five weeks of his presidency. Not necessarily because he believes it, but because the left um, uh, handlers around him are putting this in front of him and telling him to sign it. So I just want to remind people about the legacy of the Trump health care reforms, because all of these are going to disappear in the Biden administration. Um, virtual medicine, you know, uh, being able to do telehealth, um, employer-funded accounts to pay for primary care, uh, health care, health savings accounts for chronically ill people, um, expanded Medicare plans, um, short-term health plans, which allow people to buy just the insurance that they need, mandatory posting of prices so that we have price transparency and can get away and, and can put a stop to surprise medical billing. Um, waivers so that states could um, take care of lowering the cost for patients with high, um, high price, high ticket health care. Um, giving patients more control over their electronic health data. Approving more generic drugs. Um, indexing Medicare drugs to the same prices that foreign countries pay. Repealing the tax on medical devices and health plans. Paying physicians equally for Medicare services. Expanding Medicare Advantage plan options. Giving terminally ill patients the right to try using treatments that are off-label that would not normally be approved and repealing the Obamacare individual mandate. Every single one of these is going to disappear, and this is going to leave Americans with less health care choice, less freedom, and more dependent on what the government decides to give to patients. So we're nearing the end of, of the show, and I, you know, I've, I've said a lot about COVID fatigue, about the reason why we are still in the throes of a pandemic that actually is turning the corner and we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel, but the left doesn't want you to know it. <clears throat> and um, they are invested in continued... Um, depression and despair on the part of the American people, but Americans are no longer willing to continue to allow this to happen. They are not buying this anymore. And so that means fighting back. And New Yorkers, Californians, Michiganders, they're starting to fight back. This needs to be something that happens all over the country in every aspect of leftism. There's an article came out which just blew me away which i i wanted to just bring up and i i i'm going to devote an entire show to this in in you know in in the future and the the title of the article is that healthcare health insurer demands doctors accept quote woke end quote training let me say that again. Health insurer demands doctors accept woke training. What does that mean? Well, this article is is um, saying 
that Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Michigan has ordered physicians that are credentialed in their health plan to undergo a training program to reflect on their unconscious bias against people of color and to learn bias-busting strategies. This, in my opinion, is the line in the sand. I don't need an insurance company to tell me that I need training in wokeism or I can't participate in their health care plan. And I, I think that <clears throat> this is where doctors need to just say enough's enough and start pushing back <clears throat> because somebody has to do this. We are seeing people reluctantly doing it in Congress. We're seeing people reluctantly doing it in entertainment. But when it gets into health care, this is where a line in the sand has to be drawn. And if they come to me and tell me that I can't be on their health plan unless I do this, I'm going to tell them where they could stick it. And I want every doctor to do the same thing and stand up for our rights and the rights of our patients. We do not need insurance companies telling us what we have to do in terms of being woke because that is the beginning of the end of medicine in this country. So this is the beginning. I mean, it's happening in universities. <clears throat> it's happening in 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 um, in uh, in high schools and secondary schools. It's even happening. It's even infecting medical schools. But now they're trying to com- come get beyond medical schools and influence how we work. You know, they do. They're doing this. In, in jobs, they're trying to do this in businesses. You know, you've got the large corporations that are succumbing to this. Doctors cannot allow this to happen. And if you do, shame, shame, shame on you. It's time to fight back. It's time to take a stand. It's time to stop this nonsense of wokeism and cancel culture. And if you don't do this now, It'll be too late. So if you are in Michigan listening to this, I know I have friends in Michigan who listen to this all the time. I've got Meg Edison there who is uh, is one of my one of my best buds in in the fight for health care. Get everybody on board on this and uh, and I'm going to get you on here, Megan, and, and I, I know you listen to this show. And we're going to talk about Michigan and Blue Cross Blue Shield, who I know you have a very long relationship with in, in your MOC fight. So, uh, so we'll talk more about this. I, I'll be back in two weeks. My next guest is going to be Grace Marie Turner, and we're going to talk about some of the initiatives that she is heading in D.C. to keep the movement alive to fight back against the, the left machine. So join Scott next week. He'll be with you, and I'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for being with us today. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.